Welcome, everyone. This is episode number 13. My guest today is Gary Renard, and he comes on this podcast for the second time to talk to me a little bit more about relationships and forgiveness and how they can shape our life's journey. Gary is the author of four best-selling books based on the teachings of A Course in Miracles, The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, Love Has Forgotten No One, and The Lives When Jesus and Buddha Knew Each Other. His books have been translated in at least 26 languages. He has given talks all over the world, East and West. You know the song, I've been everywhere, man. Well, <laughs> Gary has been everywhere. Now, this podcast has a few surprises. When I woke up this morning, I had no idea what's going to happen. I knew I had a meeting at 2 p.m. and then doing the podcast with Gary at 4. And then at the end of the day, Rob and I, Paul and Lois and Kyle, were to celebrate my daughter's 22nd birthday. Now, Gary has been in my and my daughter's life from the time she was about eight years old. He saw her grow up. And soon after that, Cindy and Gary got married and they practically became in some ways my daughter's other parents. When they used to come to Toronto for seminars, they stayed with us and we developed a very close bond. When my daughter graduated, we all went to Hawaii and Gary went ziplining with Azana and parasailing with me and Azana went waterboarding with Cindy. She even went visiting with them twice on her own all the way to Los Angeles and then visited Temecula and saw Gloria, went up to San Francisco to see Judy and Witt in town. So to see them both, Cindy and Azana, peek in at the end of our podcast today while trying to keep it all together and podcasty was very hard. And I hope you enjoy in our joy as it gets really mushy and loving towards the end with all these guys popping in and really turning this podcast into a joyful and grateful celebration of love, friendship, and family. This, everyone, is some of my chosen family. Welcome. Gary, it is so wonderful to have you once again on this podcast. I'm so, so grateful to you. Oh, me too. Me too, Gabrielle. Yeah. Uh, it's always a pleasure because uh, not only are we such good friends, but we share uh, a philosophy and we uh, share a course in miracles and, and know how it relates to uh, health. And uh, so there's a lot of great things for us to talk about. Yeah, in our daily living. And today, with your permission and your help, Gary, I want to talk about a topic that is somewhat difficult. I want to talk about this idea of emotional cancer, living with unspoken truth hmm. um, and, and hardship in relationship. And, and how how important is it or is it important for us to address or to deal with this difficulty? And what role that might play in, say, sickness of the body, of course, which is really sickness of the mind. And how can one find peace amidst resentment, amidst difficult times? Hmm. Well, uh, I've had a very evolving way of looking at relationships. I would say that I got on a spiritual path when I was about, you know, uh, 28 years old. And I was in this thing called Astonia would occasionally talk about relationships. And I was at kind of like the bottom of the ladder at that point, just starting out. And I heard the word relationships. So my attitude was relationships. I don't want relationships. I hate people. <laughs> you know, so it's like I'm starting out at the bottom here. You know? And it's like, uh, oh, relationships. 
yuck, you know. And uh, I was on a spiritual path for about uh, 15 years before I was even ready to approach A Course of Miracles or to have A Course of Miracles approach me, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> and, um, and of course, uh, the Course is a lot about relationships and forgiveness, and the forgiveness of relationships. And uh, it's not an easy thing to do all the time, but uh, it is something that is doable. And it's actually more fun. I think it's more fun to be in a relationship where you're forgiving the other person than to be in a relationship where you're in conflict. Because mm-hmm. first of all, it saves you a lot of time. Uh, secondly, we know how forgiveness can remove uh, stress uh, from your mind. Now, uh, when I got into A Course of Miracles, things surely changed over a, the period of about 10 years before I was ever ready to you know, get out there in public and actually talk to people. And even then, I didn't want to go out there and talk to people. Uh, I was very reluctant, but you know how the Holy you Spirit... You were shy. Was. You were very shy. I was. Yeah. I was. Yeah. But... Uh, you know, I've, since then, I've met a lot of uh, spiritual teachers, and most of them are shy. You know, it's and this goes all the way back to Moses, by the way. And I'm certainly not saying that I'm a Moses, but I'm saying that uh, according to everything that's been written, he was a very shy person. And you wouldn't think of him as being the person out front there talking. You know, and there are so many uh, teachers like that, and I'm certainly one of them. And Cindy uh, was one of them. Uh, she didn't want to do it either. I remember the first time she got up and and did anything at one of my workshops, she just sang one song, and that was it. She wrote a song for me, and uh, that was it. Uh, the next year, she she introduced herself for about two minutes. Then the next year it was five minutes, and so on. Where every year it got longer, so now she has equal time. Yeah, you know? yeah. and. Uh, which brings me to my relationship with Cindy, because uh, even though we're writing a book together about relationships, we don't really have a lot to forgive with each other. You know, it just so happens that we're that kind of a couple. You know, some couples are like oil and water. They just can't get along with each other, no matter how hard they try. Yeah. Uh, Cindy and I don't really have to try. Uh, we, we just naturally uh, get along with each other. And. Uh, it's very smooth and flowing and light and breezy. Uh, but then once in a while, uh, something will happen and we'll have a disagreement. Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, we were doing a lot of workshops together, uh, the two of us. We would both go and speak together. And then after the COVID hit, uh, thing hit, uh, I decided, okay, I'm going to get vaccinated. Because I want to go out there, like if I want to go to Germany and speak about the course, I have to be vaccinated. Uh, Cindy decided, no, I'm not going to get vaccinated. And she, she's been uh, very clear about that from the beginning. And that didn't sit too well with me because people were used to the two of us uh, coming. And people, most people wanted both of us to come. And all of a sudden, she's kind of like throwing a monkey wrench into this a uh, good thing that we got going here where people are, are happy about the two of us coming and now she's not coming. Yeah. And they're saying, oh, it's not quite the same. And I have gone places in the last year 
uh, without her. And it's, it's gone fine, it, but people are always missing her and asking, mm-hmm. oh, how Cindy, where's Cindy? Uh, and uh, so that was definitely a point of disagreement between us. And I had to forgive her mm-hmm. for that. And remember, look, uh, first of all, I made her up. And that's something that, of course, most people who aren't into A Course in Miracles, they're not going to think that way. They're going to make it real. They're going to say, oh, this person is really screwing me up. You know, and Look at what um, she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where the yeah. mind would go, the egoic um, mind. Yeah. And my attitude is, okay, what I'm seeing uh, outside of me is uh, a symbolic representation of me, <laughs> or more accurately, uh, what's in my unconscious mind being projected outward. It's not really me. It's just a symbol. But it's a symbol of that which is hidden, something that I can't see. So uh, let's say that I'm upset at anybody. And let's say somebody's acting uh, crazy or stupid. And as I am uh, thinking of it at the time, and I'll stop myself and I'll think, well, wait a minute, uh, that person's stupidity is my stupidity. It's my own stupidity that I secretly feel about myself, what the Course calls the secret sins and hidden hates that you really have about yourself that you have chosen uh, to project out there onto the screen. Mm -hmm. Now, why am I stupid? I don't think I'm stupid because of what I'm doing uh, in the world right now. But I do think secretly that I am stupid because I secretly believed that I separated from God. That just like uh, the prodigal son, I threw it all away. You know, I made a stupid decision. I decided to leave heaven. So deep down there in my unconscious mind, I feel stupid for doing that. And uh, I couldn't take that at the beginning of time. So the way the ego uh, convinced me to get rid of it was to project it out there and see it as being outside of it. And that is true of any time when you think that somebody is behaving stupidly or insanely and people uh, will still act insane. You're not going to stop that whole projection from acting uh, insane because that's the ego script. That's the way it's written. People are going to do crazy things. Uh, When Jesus was enlightened, people did not stop doing crazy things around him or to him, but it was all about the way that he was looking at it. If you read the message of the crucifixion in A Course in Miracles, you notice he never uh, says very much about what they're doing to him. It's always about the way that he's looking at it. And that's the way that we can be. Now, uh, you're not a victim anymore. You can reinterpret everything. And you can say, okay, what I'm seeing outside of me, that stupidity uh, is my stupidity. But if I forgive it, not by making it real and then forgiving it, which doesn't work. It is the course says you made it the real. original idea of separation. Yeah. Right. So the course says you've made it real, so you cannot forgive it. Uh, you can only forgive it if you don't make it real and let it go and replace it with the truth. And the truth is uh, the perfect oneness of heaven. Because that person is not really a person. That person is a symbol, and so we overlook the symbol and replace it with reality in our mind. And because of the way the mind works, we know that if we think of that person that way, then that is how 
in our unconscious mind, we will think about ourselves. We are actually uh, changing our own identity by changing the way that we think about that person. So if that person is innocent, then so am I. If that person is guilty, then so am I. Which would you rather be? Especially when you consider the fact that if you forgive, you know, things in general seem to go better anyway. You know, because when you're coming from a place of resistance and conflict, uh, it creates more resistance and conflict. You know, it, it doesn't solve the problem. It perpetuates the problem. Uh, when you resist something, you take on the shape of that which you are resisting. You know, you're, you are, you're practically becoming that which you are resisting. But if you can let it go and replace it with love, which is what you really are, then uh, you're not at the effect of it anymore. You can be free and all kinds of good things can come from that. Not that that's what it's about. What it's about is uh, peace, inner peace. And, you know, and that may not sound so important to some people. The first time, you know, because I, I was new to all this, I remember, and, and I would hear peace, you know, big deal. What's that going to get me? Well, uh, it turns out that, like the Course says, a tranquil mind is not a little gift. You know, it's a huge gift. Uh, and there are things like in... Uh, the jackpot. Yeah. The jackpot. <laughs> It can lead to the jackpot, uh, even though it's an illusion. I mean, it's more fun, you know, so it's fun to be inspired. And, uh, for example, in the Song of Prayer section, uh, the Course will talk about uh, the secret of true prayer. Forget about the things you think you need. You know, you let them go, uh, kind of like in a creative visualization. You let them go into God's hands, and they become your gifts to him because... Uh, you're telling him that you have no false idols before him. That now you're putting the horse before the cart. Now you're putting God first. And there are certain things that the Bible said that have always been true. Like when it said, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all else will be added unto you. Well, you're putting uh, God first. And <clears throat> then these other things can follow. Now, those other things are not the purpose of the prayer. Uh, the purpose of the prayer is what the Course calls a song of love, a song of prayer. And you get lost in God's love, which uh, also puts your mind more in a state of uh, spirit, which leads to inspiration. And you get all these great ideas later. Uh, the Course calls that the echoes of God's love. So uh, you go to God first, forget about everything and then later on you get these inspired ideas that can lead you to incredible things and it's okay it's okay to be successful uh that's not the purpose of the prayer but it is an after effect uh the course calls it that the after effects the echoes of god's love the harmonics the overtones of the song uh the real song is a song of love but along with it comes these other things but those things are secondary so uh, it's kind of like, <clears throat> instead of just going for stuff in the world or, or a goal or a dream that you have in the world, uh, if, you, if you just go for that, then uh, you may end up with that. You may not. But if you put God first, you can have both. You can have uh, the kingdom of heaven, which is the real goal. And you can have all this other stuff in the world. 
But now there's an attitude where you know that by putting God first, you're putting something first that is uh, permanent. You know, something that will last forever, a constant reality that will always be there. And these other secondary things that you do and that you go for and uh, the goals and the dreams that you have in uh, possessions and uh, accomplishments, all those things, you understand that just like the Buddhists would say, all that's impermanence. You know, it's not reality. And there is a permanent reality now that you are putting first and that works. And, uh, you know, putting all the temporary stuff first does not work and it does not really lead to inspiration. Thank you, Gary. That is so beautiful. I, I love learning from you, brother. A lot of people in history who have accomplished uh, seemingly miraculous things. Mm. Most of them, whether they articulated it or not, were quite spiritual. Mm. You know, most of them uh, were looking to some kind of infinite intelligence. Uh, like if you read a book like Think and Grow Rich, you'll see a lot of uh, people got their ideas not from themselves. They were looking to something higher than themselves. They were looking to something bigger than themselves to get that inspiration from. Mm -hmm. So I hear you say that when you are in conflict with someone, so you gave the example of Cindy, the vaccination and the, the workshops. Yeah, I'm going to get her. No, 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 what you said. No, 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 I was listening. I was listening. What you said is that you see the essence and the permanence of that essence behind Cindy and behind the person that says, look, there's going to be a change in terms of how we do those workshops and whether we do them together or single. So the key is forgiveness and it is important to engage. So, so what you do is you keep seeing the essence. First off, you understand that she's offering you an opportunity to come to know yourself. You see the essence and the permanence of that essence of who she is in her. And by so doing, you find yourself yeah, yeah. And, you know, I just hope that when you find yourself, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> so if, you, if you find uh, the real self, you know, you know, if you find your real self, then uh, you won't be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. No. How do we cultivate peace, Gary? Well, you cultivate peace by... Uh, the way that you see things. You know, you're not going to change the world. Uh, as the Course Miracles would put it, the world is merely an effect. So it, it is incapable of change. But if you change your mind about the world, now you're dealing with the cause and the effect will take care of itself. You know, so you're really totally reversing uh, the way that you think. And that will lead to inner peace. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've said this before, but it it really does bear repeating. The people of the world uh, will never live in peace until the people of the world have inner peace. Yeah. You know, as long as there is that uh, conflict in the mind, in the unconscious mind, you will have that conflict out there on the screen. You can have war, violence, murder, terrorism, uh, insanity, uh, outrageous acts. I mean, just, uh, it's not going to go away. As long as that conflict is there in the mind, it has to show up in the effect. And the day will uh, come, you know, way off in the future, 
when enough beings in uh, the world and in the universe have inner peace, <clears throat> that outer peace would literally have to follow. It couldn't be any other way. It's like cause and effect. That's the way it's going to be. And uh, there will be inner peace and there will be outer peace eventually. And we don't have to wait. You know, we can do our part now and uh, go home to God if we want to. Nobody says you have to. You know, that's a personal decision. Mm -hmm. But if you choose that, well, you can still enjoy the world while you appear to be here. And yeah, well, people say, well, gee, if I uh, if I put God first, then you know, I may have to give up this. I may have to give up that. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to identify with my body as much anymore. And I can't enjoy my body as much anymore. I don't want to give that up. And I hate to tell these people, but, you know, a few years from now, they're going to have to give up that body anyway. Yeah, we all do. You know, whether they like it or not, yeah. uh, the time is going to come when they're going to have to let go of that body. Mm -hmm. So why not do it now <laughs> and uh, change your identity to something that is permanent so that when you do lay that body aside, you've got something going for you that is permanent. And, uh, you know, you're actually kind of like creating your future because the mind is going to keep going. You know, when you lay that body aside, your mind is going to keep going. But what kind of uh, condition is your mind going to be in? When that time comes, it can be in a condition of peace and love. It may go home to God. It may return here, you know, one more time. But uh, I've always said if, if there's one lifetime that's worth coming back for, it would probably be the last one because it would be very interesting to become enlightened. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Wh why, why would the last one be really the best yet? Because you get the ultimate experiences. Mm -hmm where you're part human but you know that you're not human yeah 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 and, uh, you're not identifying with the body of the world anymore the body at that point will become so light that it feels like the figure in a dream that it really is mm -hmm. uh, my teacher Persa told me that she only feels enough to function you know she only feels the body enough to function and she doesn't even have to do that she just did that to communicate and your body becomes like a figure in a dream and it becomes so elastic that it's almost impossible to hurt it, which is the uh, condition that Jesus was in at the end of his uh, early three time here. And uh, it's fun to be here and to not be able to feel any physical pain. And, you know, that sounds uh, pretty far out because I know because it sounded really uh, far out to me at first. And then you see Jesus saying things in the course, like you will be like me, you know, we will be equal as teachers. And when I first saw that, I thought, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm going to be like Jesus. And uh, the only reason that I reacted that way was because I just couldn't picture myself. Uh, remember, when I started doing A Course of Miracles, I, I wasn't very high up uh, the ladder yet. And I didn't even really think of myself as being a very good person. And I didn't realize that that had nothing to do with reality. It had to do with this unconscious guilt that was in my mind that could be traced all the way back to that original idea of being separate from God and uh, the stupid mistake that I thought that I made. And uh, as time went on, and I started to get in touch with my innocence, you know, when you undo some of that guilt, 
And that's one of the fun things about doing uh, the workbook of the Course of Miracles. As you go along in that first year, you may start to uh, get in touch a little bit with your innocence. You mean, you mean I'm, I'm innocent? I haven't really uh, done anything. I'm not a bad person. I'm a good and person. We become, and we yearn so much for it. We become more aware of just how much we yearn for, for that innocence. Yeah. Yeah, and I started to feel different uh, about myself. And uh, it affected my health even the first year mm. that uh, I did the course. I could tell. I could just feel it. And there would be times when uh, I'd be sitting around and all of a sudden I would just feel really, really good. And uh, I all of a sudden connected. You know, the reason I feel so good is because I've been doing this uh, forgiveness thing. And I started to realize that I was really forgiving myself. You know, it looked like I was forgiving these people who I still thought was were real at the time. But, you know, uh, even be, beginner's forgiveness is better than no forgiveness. <laughs> you know, so uh, I, all forgiveness is good. It's just that there are more advanced forms of forgiveness where uh, you're thinking more in terms of oneness instead of separation, instead of uh, I'm forgiving somebody who's actually out there to uh, there's really only one of us. So if I forgive that person, even if it doesn't look that way, I'm actually forgiving myself and I'm the one who is getting uh, the benefits of it. You know, I'm the one who's gonna feel better and happier and healthier and younger. And uh, I'm not guaranteeing, uh, you know, physical effects because even though there's always a healing that comes about when you practice forgiveness, uh, the Course says that it may not always have visible effects. You know, sometimes uh, those effects could be in somebody else uh, or at the subatomic level in your body or somebody else's uh, image. You know, I, I actually prefer nowadays uh, to use the word image than body because mm -hmm. that's all that they are, mm -hmm. you know, just images. And, and uh, whenever I you know, look in uh, the mirror to get ready to go out, I'll say, oh, uh, that's an image. And it's easy to relate when you look in the mirror because you know it's uh, just an image. Yeah. You know, oh, that's not really me in the mirror. That's an image of me uh, in the mirror. And, uh, you know, start thinking that way. Oh, that's, that's who I am. I'm just an image. You know, um, I'm not a real person. And, uh, you know, I know most people don't think that way at first. And, and the, but the Course is saying, the images you make cannot prevail against what God himself would have you be. So there is a real you that is not just an image. There is a real you that is exactly the same uh, as God. And uh, I really think in terms that way nowadays, because uh, I'm finishing up uh, the book I'm writing with Cindy. And then Arden and Persa are doing a fifth book with me. And uh, I'm, I'm, they're really stressing the uh, kind of like end part of the journey, you know, the uh, the going home part. Yeah, yeah. And what it's like and what it feels like and what it looks like and the way that you think and, and that kind of thing, the way that you feel. And I'm excited about that. So I, I want to get this, you know, stupid book with Cindy over with so I can get to the real thing. Forgiveness, no, <laughs> I will tell on you. <laughs> no, uh, I think that 
uh, people are gonna be very interested in the book that yeah, Cindy and I are writing yeah. because it's oh, not. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not mostly about our relationship. It is some about our relationship, definitely, but it's more about the dynamics. It's more about yeah. how do you forgive somebody else? How, how and there are all kinds of relationships. Yeah, you have your personal relationships, but you have uh, very important relationships at work, and oh, I would say most people have forgiveness relationships at oh, work. Oh, goodness, yes, of course. And uh, when I was a musician, I had big-time forgiveness relationships yeah. with the people who I worked with. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you, you spend a lot of time at work, most people, no matter what kind of uh, mm-hmm. profession you have. And there are always egos. Yes. And there are always things to forgive. And sometimes, uh, I mean, I actually almost came to physical blows with people that I worked with back when I was in my 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I don't think that would happen today. Yeah. Even yeah. Under the same circumstances. I don't think that that would happen today. I would look at it completely differently. And uh, it really is more fun to be at peace than to not be at peace. It really is more fun to think of yourself as being spirit than to think of yourself as being a body. It really is more fun to know the truth than to not know the truth. So uh, this is a happy form of spirituality. Mm -hmm. It can lead to very happy things. And I'm not going to say that, oh, if you do this, everything's going to go good. You know, because this place that we appear to find ourselves in, uh, the disappearance of the universe referred to it as psychoplanet. So uh, I wouldn't expect everything to go good on psychoplanet. But uh, at the same time, when things do go good, you can enjoy them even more than you did before. Mm-hmm. And when things don't go good, well, at least you know what to do with it. You know, you know how to look at it. Uh, and that will result in the way that you feel about it. You will feel differently. You know, if, if I forgive, I will see this differently. And if you see things differently, everything flows from that. The way that you feel is determined by the way that you think and the way that you see things and look at things. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, people out there who they're not real people, but they look like real people and they think that they're real people. And, uh, you know, they wonder why uh, they're not happy. Mm-hmm. Well, look at the way they've been thinking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. other people. And they haven't had a discipline. They haven't had a thought system that they can rely on that tells them, well, no, this is the way that you should look at that. Instead of reacting to mm-hmm. it yeah. and making it real and having it determine how you feel, mm-hmm. you should be able to determine how you feel by the way that you're thinking and by the way that you're looking at it. And that is a really powerful uh, place to be coming from instead of being at the effect of it, which has no power whatsoever. And there's certainly no power in being a victim. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm not saying that there aren't people out there who appear to be victims. And uh, I'm not saying that I don't have empathy for them. It's just that I empathize with them as who they really are. Mm-hmm. And want to remind them in my mind who they really are. Instead of thinking that uh, they're this dream figure that they thought that they were. Yeah. How? What kind of advice would you give to someone that, say, is not very prepared to look at or 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 have they have made it a habit to see the world coming at them instead of from them if they if they're prepared to have a change in mind 
what would you what would you say to them? What would be a good place to start? I would tell them to stop it. <laughs> uh, I can tell you a quick joke because I got credits from uh, Bob Newhart, who's one of my favorites. I love that video. Yeah. Yeah. He's playing a psychiatrist. Yeah. And this woman comes into his office. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, doctor, doctor, you, know, you got to help me. You know, I, I keep having this terrible fear of being buried alive in a box. He says, well, first of all, okay, I, I charge by the minute. You know, and if, if I go over five minutes, I'm going to have to charge you more. She says, well, it doesn't sound like very long. He says, yeah, it's fine. And uh, so uh, she says, well, I have this fear of being buried alive in a box. And he looks at her and he says, well, stop it. And she says, stop it. Yeah, stop it. And, and she says, well, that's not enough. I, you know, you can't just say stop it. I mean, I need more than that to, uh, to go on. And she keeps uh, frowning and worrying about it. And she goes over the five minute mark and he says, you know, I'm gonna have to charge you more now. And she, he went over five minutes and she says, you know, that's not fair. I really need more than that. And so finally he says, okay, I'll give you more words. Stop it or I'll bury you alive in a box. <laughs> right, and it, it's like, <laughs> the reason I love that is because it actually entails the first step in the kind of forgiveness that I'm talking about, because yeah, uh, the world is uh, coming, it appears to be coming at you. If there are one thing, if there is one thing like great masters like Jesus and Buddha uh, really understood is that the world was not being done to them, it was being done by them. And yeah, if the world is being done to you, you're a victim. And if this world was made by God, you would be a victim of God because you would be the victim of a force that is outside of you that did it to you. But what if uh, God is still perfect love, just like the Course says, which gives you a perfect home to go home to? Uh, and what if you're the one who made all this up, right? Uh, well, then you're not a victim. And you can start coming from a place where you realize, okay, this is my world. Uh, it's not real, but it's my world. It's my projection. Uh, it's a dream. The dream is not being dreamed by somebody else. It's my dream. And I populated it with these dream figures uh, that I made up, you know, just like the Course says, you know, you made it up. And all these people are completely unreal. Uh, the world is a uh, hallucination. The, the Course uses several words to describe it. Hallucination, uh, projection, and especially dream. You know, you're at home in God dreaming of exile, but perfectly capable of awakening to reality. And that awakening is enlightenment. And uh, as soon as you can reverse that and start to realize, wait a minute, I don't have to react to it if I made it up. You know, I'm, I'm responding to something that literally is not there. I'm responding to something that I made up and there's no need for that. If you can just get to that point where you can stop yourself from reacting to it, then you have really made a, a huge progression. Because now you can actually switch to the right teacher in your mind. You, you can stop reacting with it. That's always the ego if you're reacting to it, the wrong part of your mind. Mm-hmm. But if you can stop reacting to it, now you can think. And you can think with the Holy Spirit. Uh, you can think with the right teacher. And the right teacher will give you right-minded ideas. Uh, whichever right-minded ideas are right for you. 
And it may be something like, you know, uh, the reason that you were upset was because you were making it real and reacting to it. And you know why that's true. And you know why you know that's true. Because if you weren't making it real, you wouldn't be upset. You know, so you got to stop making it real and listen to the Holy Spirit. That's like the second step in forgiveness. The third step will be, okay, I'm not making it real. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to replace it with something. I'm going to overlook the veil. I'm going to think outside of the box. And I'm going to overlook the veil. And I'm going to think of that person not as this image that I made up. I'm going to recognize what they really are. And what they really are is way beyond what they thought that they are. You know, the Holy Spirit has a much higher opinion of you than you do. And the Holy Spirit thinks of you as being uh, nothing less than God. Uh, don't forget, at one point, the Course says, everywhere the Holy Spirit looks, he sees himself. Because the Holy Spirit knows that you're really the same as the Holy Spirit is. In fact, ultimately, you will realize that you are the Holy Spirit. But that's you know an experience that's very advanced. When you realize that there's really no difference between you and the Holy Spirit or you and Jesus or Christ or God, because those are words that are only meaningful in the dream. But when you uh, really start to awaken from the dream, you realize, well, once you get up to that level of spirit, it's all the same. There's no difference. You know, it's all perfect oneness. That's reality. And the fastest way for you to get there is to overlook the images and replace it in your mind with reality. So now that person that you were reacting to or the even world that you were reacting to is nothing but perfect oneness. Uh, the Course describes heaven and, you know, God would be uh, the same. It would all be the same as the awareness of perfect oneness and the knowledge that there is nothing else, nothing else outside, nothing else within. And it's possible for you to experience that, and you will experience that eventually if you keep undoing the ego in this manner. That, that's what this kind of forgiveness does. It actually undoes the ego. And you don't have to do anything about the rest. The rest will take care of itself because that's what you are. And you will experience love more, and you will teach love more. Uh, this kind of forgiveness leads to love automatically because that's what you are. So you don't have to you know, become more loving. You don't have to do that Christian thing where you're striving to be like Jesus. Not that most of them in America are, but uh, it's like, you know, if, if you're striving to be like Jesus, no, you don't have to do that. Uh, that's what you are. Yeah. You are like Jesus. You mm -hmm. are love. And Jesus uh, loved everybody and forgave everybody without exception. And uh, that's the hard part. You, it has to apply to everybody. You know, no uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, these people who, who you think aren't worthy of your forgiveness, that's your own feeling of unworthiness that you are seeing out there on the screen. And the only way to be free of that is to forgive that image that you're making unworthy in your mind. And if you do, that unworthiness will disappear from your mind, the part of the mind that you can't see, but that the Holy Spirit can see and heals every time you do this. So you're writing the next book. Yeah, I'm, I'm really shocked at how much Arden and Versa have learned since they started talking to me. <laughs> 
you know, Mark Twain, was it Mark Twain that was talking about his dad? He said, you know, when I was 19 or so, and my dad wasn't very smart, but I was really surprised how much he, he grew up. By the time I was 29, he learned an awful lot. Yeah, that's great. I love that. <laughs> so, so the same with I love a lot of, I love a lot of the things that uh, Mark Twain um, said. He said, uh, you yeah, know, go to heaven for the weather and go to hell for the company. <laughs> I, love, I love some of the things that uh, well yeah very intriguing guy very smart guy very funny guy so transitioning my goodness what a month this has been with judy transitioning yeah um and i know mm -hmm. that you and i said that we want to talk a little bit about that as well um and so and you are you writing you're writing a little bit of a book you're writing a book about that with afternoon person is, is is that what i'm hearing you say Oh, uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit about a little bit about that. Awesome. And you're going to talk about Judy, too? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, in my uh, fourth book, yeah, we dedicated it, you know, two or three pages uh, to Ken Wapnick. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing I noticed about, you know, both uh, Ken and Judy was how they treated me. You know, because I didn't expect anything. You know, if they had not even been nice to me, it wouldn't have uh, surprised me or bothered me because I figured they earned it. You know, they they worked so hard and they disseminated A Course in Miracles to the world. They did their job. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, you know, if they didn't have uh, time for me or they just saw me as being some kind of a nuisance or something, that would have really surprised me. And you know what? Uh, I got to know both of them. Yeah. And I'll never forget how kind they were to me. And uh, Ken even told me once, he said, be kind, because he knew that I was going to be out there uh, teaching the course to people. And that kind of like, always stayed with me. You know, and uh, you know, I've undergone a complete transformation uh, from the time I started doing the course. And I am kind to people. And I don't know you are, way. You're kind and generous and most loving, Gary. Truly, you are. You really are. Not sure how many people have come close to you and got to know you a little bit, but I have come, and my, and my daughter and Azena have come to know you over the years. You're the most gentlest, loving, kind, generous human being I've ever met. Well, there you know, came a point along the way where that just happened uh, naturally. You know, now, now I don't have to go out of my way to try to be kind. Be kind. Uh, to be, uh, there was a time when I had to try. <laughs> oh, and I know Ken, both Ken and Judy adored you. They loved you. I mean, you've been over to Judy's, been over to Ken's. Ken used to mess up your hair <laughs> and do all sorts of funny, funny things. I mean, I will never forget we were in a workshop uh, with Azena, and uh, I think Azena was at the back, and she went like this to him, and he went in the middle of a workshop. He was talking. He went like that to her. In the middle of a workshop, I do have a picture. <laughs> Incredible! So, just very kind, very loving, very authentic, very real. Oh my well, goodness! Uh, the last time that I saw Judy, she was almost uh, ninety years old, and she was just as sharp as ever. And she loved oh, okay. to tell the stories of the early days of the course. And if you went to visit Judy, you didn't have to talk very much because uh, she. <laughs> Uh, tell you all these stories, fascinating stories. She was amazing at it. Amazing. Great storyteller. And I'm so grateful that I got to do a podcast with her uh, mm -hmm. in the spring. 
And uh, she was the same, just yeah. as sharp as ever. Yeah. And always on top of her game. And, uh, you know, th there's something that the Course says about the body. It says that it can be used as a communication tool for the Holy Spirit uh, to be gently laid aside when its uh, usefulness is over. And I really think of Ken and Judy as being uh, communication instruments for the Holy Spirit. And they communicated the Holy Spirit's message uh, really well, not only by teaching it intellectually, but obviously by living it. You know, they really lived it. When I saw the way that Ken uh, treated me, I, you know, I got to be with him uh, quite a few times. And uh, I realized even uh, the first time I'd been probably studying the course for about five years, uh, the first time that I met him now has been about 30 years. But uh, the thing is, I realized, you know, uh, he's not just talking about the course. He's not just teaching it intellectually. And the first weekend, by the way, that I saw him teach, he probably spoke for about 12 hours. And uh, this is in Roscoe, New York. And uh, it was a weekend thing. He spoke for about 12 hours and he was just uh, incredible. It's like he dazzled me with his knowledge. And, uh, you know, I just the most sophisticated spiritual person I ever met. But when I got to be alone with him and talk to him and I saw the way that he treated me, I realized, uh, you know what? This guy isn't just talking about it. He's, he's not just teaching it. He's living it. I mean, he's actually doing it. And I felt the same way about Judy when I finally got to meet her. And, and I went over to her house and then eventually Cindy and I both went over uh, to her house. And the way that she treated me was exactly the same. You would have thought that they are the Holy Spirit, which is why I was kind of saying that earlier, because I think that they were in touch with that, that they, yeah. that they actually became the Holy Spirit over time. And I think that they were both enlightened. You know, that's my opinion. Yeah, that's my opinion as well. So, uh, yeah, good for them. They uh, they did their job in more ways oh, than anyone. Yeah, to the last moment, to the last breath. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, so I'll always be grateful to Judy and, and to Ken. I didn't get uh, to meet Helen and Bill. Uh, I know that Helen did her job. Uh, she couldn't do the course. But she certainly did her job, uh, exactly what Jesus expected her to do. I love that story where Helen says to Jesus, why me? Why me? And he simply says, well, because you would do it. Yeah. And but since she was doing it, she couldn't argue with him because there she was doing it. And, uh, of course, Bill, uh, Judy says that she thinks that Bill was enlightened. So I think all, all three of them, you know, uh, can as well as Judy and Bill, I think all three of them uh, were enlightened. I know that they did their job. And uh, me, uh, I don't know, I, uh, what our person said to me, they said, the time will come when you're going to be so happy that you won't care whether or not you're enlightened. And uh, so maybe uh, when you stop thinking about it, that's when, that's when you are and you just experience, you know, you just uh, being, your spirit being, you know that you're not a body. And you don't identify with the body, and uh, you know. And you know, I'm not saying that you're not going to have bodily problems. Everybody will eventually, and obviously, Ken did, and and Bill and, and Judy, because that's what the body does. You know, the body 
was not designed uh, to last forever, and it's not going to last forever. And that's why I tell people, look, you know, the body is a throwaway. You know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, something that you're just going to throw in the trash can someday. You can look at somebody's body and, and, and guess whether or not they're enlightened. I mean, for goodness sake, look at Jesus. He has nails in his hands. I mean, really, you know, <laughs> so you, you know, that's not a metric of enlightenment. That's right. And so uh, the thing is that the time comes when you, uh, you know, okay, so the body isn't going to last. So what? It's not me. <laughs> And you start to experience yourself more and more as spirit. And that is caused by the way that you think. Remember, the Course says the mind is the activating agent of spirit. You activate spirit in your own mind by seeing it everywhere and treating everybody like they are a god. Because uh, that's the only way to really get in touch with what you really are. It's by thinking and seeing about everybody as being nothing less than God. And speaking of God, I have a surprise for you. Oh. Uh, we have a special guest uh, artist, the artist formerly known as Cindy Laura, now known as Cindy Laura Renard. Uh, and Cindy's going to join us. <laughs> yeah, oh my here. God, this is too precious. Hello, oh my God, everybody. I love you. Hello. I love you. Happy Thanksgiving in America. Happy Thanksgiving in America. <laughs> Sweetheart, I was just about to tell him, Cindy, Gary, I was just about to tell you, Gary, you look happy. Gary, I feel you happy. I think this is the happiest you've ever been. Am I right? Uh, yeah, I have felt that uh, more and more. Yes. Yeah, I can tell. Oh. I can tell and look at your beautiful wife. Oh, can you give yourselves a hug and, and, and have me there too as a virtual hug? I love you so much, guys. I love oh. you. I love oh, you. you. We, we feel the love. We feel the love. Oh, gosh. Oh. Great to oh. you, uh, be able to just pop in. So like, nice to see you. I'm sure you've had you too. Yeah. And I agree. I think Gary looks very peaceful. Right he now. does. Very and happy he, and peaceful. Yeah. 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 He, he seems to be talking. He's, he's talking about what's happening with him. There is a gateway inside his being that has been opened and he's leaving his essence, his pure, permanent essence. This is just a, it's so evident to me. It's so evident to me. That's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. I agree. I, I think so too. I think he, he has a, a glowing uh, look about him right now. And uh, that's a testament to some, I think, beautiful, beautiful life changes in healthy ways in general. I just mean in general. I think that's what happens when you start taking care of yourself. You know, it's, you exude a different kind of, <clears throat> really, without sounding too new agey, I'll just use the word, but you kind of exude a different vibration. Yeah. You know? Well, uh, you can't. Yeah practice forgiveness yeah. for 30 years without something happening. <laughs> so. Yeah, forgiveness. Uh, exactly. It does this thing. You know, just suddenly you feel more happier. Things you do. More centered. Uh, and when I do uh, forgive, and a lot of times I don't have to, but if I do, there's a part of me that knows, look, I'm the one who's going to feel better. I'm the one who's going to be happier. I'm the one who's going to get the results of that forgiveness. So, uh, 
always remember that, you know, just like the Course says, as you see him, you will see yourself. Mm -hmm. And if that person uh, is the same as God, which means not part of it, remember the Course says spirit is not a partial attribute. Uh, deep down inside, you overlook the separation because the Course is main teaching, the full awareness of the atonement is that the separation never occurred. You know, so now you're thinking, you know what, that person never really left heaven. They're still at home, just like the Course says. And uh, you think of them that way and you start to realize, well, wait a minute, I never left heaven. And I'm still at home and God has taken care of me. And I, yeah, I had this dream, but the dream is in its uh, final phases and it's going to end and I'm going to awaken to that place that I never left. You know, just like the Course calls it, a journey without distance. Uh, we never really went anywhere. Mm. We just thought that we did. You know, it's, it's all been one big mind trip. You know, and, uh, you know, everything that we do and see imitates that. The movies that we see, well, whether we go into a movie theater to see a movie, well, that's an imitation of what we're doing with our mind. You know, we're watching a movie that we made. Uh, and there are so many things in the dream that imitate what goes on in the mind but we uh, see it as being outside of ourselves when it's really not. You know, Cindy, prior to you coming, we were talking a little bit about Judy and her her passing and her transitioning has only intensified my own belief and my own investment in what's real. It's really interesting to me because... Um, a few months before she passed, we were talking on the phone and she said to me, I'm going to be more helpful to you when I go, when I transcend than I am now. And I couldn't quite understand what she meant by that. And then, you know, she transitioned. And at one point, the morning when, so she transitioned around eight o'clock in the morning, which in about, oh, we have a guest. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, I think we're full of surprises today. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. wow let's see who is this guest oh my goodness Azera and Siti is a surprise you're both surprises you are surprises today hey happy yeah. birthday happy birthday to you so much happy birthday to you and thank you so much for the flowers I have them right here Oh my oh, goodness! I'm so happy about that! Oh my oh. goodness! Oh. So <laughs> it's such a beautiful card too, but they're very pretty. Here, there you get the full turnaround there, but they're very pretty. Oh, they look beautiful! <laughs> it was such a nice surprise. I was just, you know, oh, doing some work at home, and I got a call. It was very sweet, and the card is really sweet. And it's so nice that we can talk a little bit on my actual birthday too. No, are you having a good you can do a podcast at the same time? Oh, right. I keep forgetting. This is going to be previous to everybody. <laughs> Might as well. We tell everybody we've been friends for such a long time. Honey, I was just telling Cindy and Gary that Judy's passing, transcending, has only intensified my belief in what's real and who we are. And being here with you today really, res it just brings that, emphasizes that even more. You, we, we can never be apart. The love that we have that we develop for one another, that that investment. That's right. The understanding that ideas do not leave their source, that we could never leave 
each other, that we we were all we are going to love each other and be with each other forever. Azana, I love what you wrote um, in Judy's uh, place where you could write comments, and I know yeah. both of you wrote. Yeah, on my website. And then, yes, I, and I love when you wrote. I I love. I will love you forever. Like I had tears in my eyes reading that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. and we will love you. We will love each other forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just beautiful. Just beautiful. Yeah, and Judy, uh, you're as you said, Gabriella. She's fully uh, alive with us all. Of course, more alive than ever, <laughs> and uh, her spirit is felt. It's felt. I dreamt of her last week, actually, and just an interesting, really interesting symbolic dream. It was beautiful. Yeah. Her presence. So I think she's, she's, she's watching over everyone, you know, and watching over things for sure. Yeah. Still playing an important role. (laughs) Still playing an important role. I, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Elzoni, you look uh, fantastic, and uh, you know I'm I'm just so amazed at all that you're doing. You know, I know how busy you are, and uh, you know I I can't believe that you're 22 years old. I know. Uh, what happened to that little girl <laughs> that I knew? It happens so fast. Yeah. No, I feel the exact same way, Gary. <laughs> I still remember meeting you at the airport. When I was eight years old, I think seven or eight. I can't remember now. Well, but yeah, time has flown by. Truly, it really has. I'm glad we still have the pictures of all those. uh, Oh, yeah! Shout out to my mom, the paparazzi. But it's. it's, I'm (laughs) glad. I told you one day you guys are gonna thank me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If there's Gary, Cindy, Gary and Cindy around, you guaranteed you'll always see my mom in hand with it, like camera in one hand and hugging in the other, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a blessing. blessing. Yeah. No, it is a blessing. So many lovely pictures that we have from the past, what, it's almost 15 years now, probably? Eight, nine, twenty. Yeah, 15 years. 15 yep. years now. Wow. Incredible. That's like three quarters of my life. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you're still, you're still my uh, bestest friend. You're, you're, my, you're my bestest friend forever. Boom. Boom. That's it. No negotiations. We have the BFF bugs you got us still that we use. I use them for my, my raw celery juice every morning. <laughs> and uh, for shakes and yeah. That's so cute. Them. Yeah. That's so sweet. Oh. Beautiful BFF mugs. Yeah. So I have, I have a heart right here, so. Yeah. yeah. Always have it on me. I don't ever take it off. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. And you've had a, a deep, you know, understanding of the course ever since you were a child. So that always amazed me. Thank you, Carrie. That's really sweet. Thanks. And, uh, so you, have you pretty much uh, decided on that you want to be a psychiatrist or have you not made up your mind yet? Clinical psychologist have decided. Applied to grad school last week, and I still have the like that was for one of the deadlines, and then I have four applications on the go right now as the deadline's December first. So it's getting pretty serious. Getting yeah. pretty serious. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Yes. Yeah, and I tried so hard to 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 move her away from this area. You know, no psychology. Forget clinical research. Any kind of psychologist. That's no, no, no. I put a big X on it. The harder I tried, the more I failed. 
<laughs> Look at her. She went exactly in the one direction I didn't want her to go in. <laughs> it's pretty hard to say no when it's your path, you know? Can't can't get it out of the way. That's true. Yeah. But uh, she's she's I, building on uh she's building on other lifetimes. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I think one of the things that's you know, there's so many things that are similar between the four of us, but I think one of the main things is the the wanting to help people. Like it's that's that's a that's just a life mission. Like I can't even say it's a need or a want. It's a life mission. That's I think all of us were. It's just kind of our yeah. I think it's a life mission at least for our lifetimes, and I think that's how I feel too. And you know, I don't think I was, a, I, I think I just wanted to help people and I still really want to help people. And I think that's what I want to do. And, you know, Cindy and Gary, they do it all the time. Their books, their talks, their workshops, their online classes, everything. And you do it too, Mama, in your work. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Those uh, words from the course keep coming back. You know, I'm here only to be truly helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what we all want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this is like yeah, perfect sure. for our uh, this is perfect for our Thanksgiving week uh, here. I know you've already had your Thanksgiving. Week. Oh, is it Thursday? It's Thursday, right? The twenty fifth. Yeah. Oh, right. Because that's so sweet. And uh, it's like that workbook lesson. You know, love is the way I walk in gratitude. Yeah. Uh, that's perfect attitude for Thanksgiving. It's perfect yeah. attitude to have all the time. Yeah. And I'm really feeling that right now with the four of us being together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I, is really I love this. Yeah. yeah. We need to do this more often. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we definitely do. Because yeah. yeah. we usually do the three of us. Like, you'll talk to my mom one yeah. of, with you two, and then I'll talk to you separately. But, yeah. yeah. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays, so I hope that you have such a lovely Thanksgiving. Oh, we, we will. We will. Oh. We're going to go to Jackie and Mark's place this year. Last oh. year, we were here at our place. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll be making my pumpkin pie, as usual. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pumpkin pie with cranberry sauce and um, mm. but they uh yeah my mom and uh mark and jackie and gary and i will just be the five of us that's really sweet oh my goodness well yeah. uh you know the early years when i was doing of course miracles <clears throat> i was with uh karen and i always went to her in-laws with her two brothers so there were like six of us there and all they would talk about all day was sports you know now i can talk about sports for an hour but not six hours. And uh, now Cindy and I go over and we have Thanksgiving with Jackie and Mark and Cindy's mom, uh, Doris, who I call Mumsy. Mm-hmm. And uh, all day we talk about A Course in Miracles. <laughs> and, I mean, it's like, you know, two different worlds, two, two complete different worlds. Not that there was anything wrong with Maine because I can't picture Arden person. Uh, doing the disappearance of the universe anyplace else other than that it was perfect but I'm so grateful now when Thanksgiving rolls around and I don't have to talk about sports all day <laughs> I would just talk about ET <laughs> uh, and of course America. sounds like an upgrade to me <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always say we should be recording our conversations oh, every time we get together. We should you know, be recording. We this. should love this. I love this. You have three parental figures right yes. here on the screen. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny. On my screen, you see the three of us on top, and then you see Alzina there at the bottom. <laughs> Looking Very down on me. <laughs> Very appropriate. Yes, yeah, sweetheart. I'm so proud of you. That's just 
It's, it's a great year. She's applying for schools. Can you believe yes. this is happening? But doing a wonderful thesis in child psychopathology. She has an amazing supervisor at school. Yeah. She's doing very important research on sleep and how it affects development, which is also so important. important. Is a, it's a major issue, especially and if you don't have a good sleep hygiene when you're young, it really affects your development later on. So, yeah. And it's interesting because the sleep does relate. It's a dream, right? We're talking about a dream state. And, and it does, there's that, commonality between discussions around sleep and dreaming and the course in miracles and perspectives on life so I, i'm kind of intrigued as to how all this came down alzena's path you know <laughs> there are no coincidences i know no coincidences yeah lots to be grateful for though yeah Absolutely. Lots to be grateful for lots to be grateful. you know dreaming is actually when you're in bed at night it actually is an important function for the mm. it is i mean if you're talking if we're talking at this level it's important to go into that REM sleep. You yeah. know, yeah. you need to you you wouldn't have that. a deep sleep without it. Yeah. yeah. Right. You wake up feeling restless every day. Yeah. People that get awoken in REM stages when they fall asleep, they become delusional and start having hallucinations and stuff because yeah. it's so necessary for functioning. It is. Yeah. So it's like a dualistic thing because uh, there are good parts to it that are important. But it's also a trick to make you believe that because this seems so much more real most of the time than the dreams we have in bed at night, then this must be reality. So it's a trick of levels to make us think that this is real and this isn't real either. It's uh, just a thing where in reality, there are no levels and in the world of dreams, there are all kinds of levels. Yeah. And it's actually interesting that you say that Gary, because 70% of dreams are actually bad dreams. You know, we can't remember them all, but that's yeah. not it's not good dreaming most of the time, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I have a good memory. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think it's it's almost like dreaming can be a defense mechanism in a sense, you know, because you're like you said, and if you're if we're dreaming a lot of nightmares, we don't necessarily want to remember those oh, exactly. like a defense. You know, yeah. But uh, I, I mean, it's always interesting because we can always speak on two levels: the the course is metaphysical level, and then the level of this dream. You know, and it's interesting because there's different aspects to it. There's to it, but it's it's all important in the sense that we can just use it. We just use it to to awaken from the entire dream. That's, that's good. Now, since we're here and we're still in the middle of a podcast, I'm going to ask you a question. I've asked this question of Gary and I want to ask you the same question. How do we best cultivate peace? By, by rejoining with what you really are on a more consistent basis through true prayer, rejoining and going within, spending more time in the inner world and remembering, which is the miracle, remembering you are dreaming periods throughout the day. Remembering the power of choice that you get to always choose how you're perceiving the world around you. If that's being practiced on a daily basis, that helps to cultivate that sense of peace, but especially the rejoining with God part, really starting to re-identify yourself as, as God-like, not you know the God that we made, the ego's God. But we start to really identify with our reality more and more. That brings peace. When it's practiced, you know, on a daily basis and filling oneself up with gratitude that we have so many opportunities to choose again and to remember our reality, 
if we use them for that purpose. So I know for me, that's really, really helped. Oh, yeah. I know as soon as I remember the truth, I feel better. I feel more Mm -hmm. peaceful. Uh, And when the Course says be vigilant only for God and his kingdom, I know that sounds like a, a pretty difficult thing to do, but you get into the habit of it. And when the Course says miracles are habits, uh, you get used to thinking a certain way that whenever anything happens that I don't like, I recognize it immediately, I forgive it, it's over. You know, I, I can do it in one second. Because as soon as I remember the truth, then what was bothering me disappears and it's replaced by the truth of where I really am. So that's why I love that uh, line in the course, you know, how else can you find joy in a joyless place except by realizing you are not there. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as I remember the truth, I'm not really here. And uh, then this dream can't affect me. It can only affect me if I'm making it real. And looking back on it, in the last 30 years, every single time that I needed to forgive something, it was because I was making something real. And if I, if I stop making it real, it's over. Because now I'm replacing it with the truth. And you can learn to do that very quickly. And uh, the faster you can do it, the more time you're going to spend at peace. Cindy and Gary just said everything I think that needs to be said. That's right. So you're going to be at peace whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, do you remember when I was in I was little and you said, you're going to be at peace right. and you're going to like it. You're going to be at peace and you're going to like it. <laughs> you will like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness Gary, Cindy, Alzana, thank you so much for being my guest today thank you so much for letting me learn from you and uh, for us to share our love with everybody listening I'm oh, sure that we'll do this again love you so much Mama, love you thank you for this again, you know, making, uh, creating the space for us to come together and it's just always good yes. to see you. and have a always. great it's just always good have a great yeah. holiday season uh, oh. this is going to be a great holiday season i think yeah i hope yeah. so i so yeah. the, the same with you have a wonderful thanksgiving and for everyone oh, listening yeah. a happy thanksgiving say hi to jackie and mumsy and mark, oh, yeah. and mark. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was so, so nice to talk to you both cindy and gary oh my gosh cool, but... uh, i know on your B day. Oh my B day! Yes, once again, happy birthday! Happy birthday! We love you, we love you so much. Love, love you so much. So much, and we're gonna talk again probably before Christmas. Definitely, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I love you guys. So we love you. Oh, we love you so much. Okay. Huge hugs. This was just so much fun. Thank you, and thank you for the beautiful have surprises. A, have, a, have, a, have a good evening too tonight. Have fun. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, This concludes my podcast with Gary Renard and my other two guests. More information about Gary and his work can be found at www.garyrenard.com. Well, happy holidays, everyone. Until next time, be well and take care of yourselves.